0: Hi, welcome to the Story of Cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas, and today we are exploring New York City. Since this whole season was in New York City, I thought it appropriate to go through some iconic New York City recipes that were invented in New York City. So we're going to do four recipes for you. We're going to have a cheesecake, not quite New York style, definitely a little different, but just as delicious. We're going to do a salmon and lox on a bagel a Bloody Mary, and a Wardorf salad. And we also have a sparkling white wine to go with this New York meal. Hi, and welcome to the Story of Cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas. So let's get started. First thing we're going to do is the cheesecake because it takes the longest to cook. So we're going to take our goat cheese, not very classic um, cheesecake, but um, again, this is my variation of a New York style cheesecake. Next we're going to add our Capone cheese into the pan. And cheesecake is obviously, you know, you can't really say it's from New York. Um, it's a sweet dessert, obviously. So New York can't really take full credit for the cheesecake because it actually originated in ancient Greece. The modern version of the cheesecake was created in Chester, New York in 1872. And the modern version of the New York style cheesecake, which is the most popular and most common type of cheesecake, was actually created in the Turf restaurant in 1929. All right, so the next thing that are going to go in are two egg yolks. I've separated the eggs, so we just want the yolks to go in now. And our sugar. We have um, a little bit of flour, some vanilla, and some orange zest. And you're just gonna mix all of that together. So this is about right. It's creamy, it's all blended together. looks like it's starting to form cheesecake consistency. You can really smell that orange aroma. Last thing we're gonna do, second to last thing we're gonna do, is we're going to beat our egg whites. Grab a whisk. Until they're fluffy. So, you want to do soft peaks, and this is kind of what it looks like. So, the peaks forming just like that. Alright, so then we're going to take a spatula and we are going to fold it gently into our cheesecake mixture. Do a little bit at a time, too. Throw it all in there at once. And just kind of Scrape the sides and fold over. All right, and you add the rest of the egg whites. It's important to fold them gently in, don't whip them in, because then you lose all that nice fluffiness of the egg whites that you just worked so hard to get. All right, so once that's all incorporated, the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna take some butter and we're going to put it in our crust mixture. And this is just ground up ginger snaps. So what I like to do is I like just to combine both the butter and the crumbs into the dish and just kind of pat it down. It makes the good crust. Mix it up, pat it down, simple as that. You can get in there with your hands, of course, and just push it down in. Okay, and then we're gonna just throw our cheesecake mixture on top of that. I am making a mess, sorry guys, okay, that's done, alright, you're just going to spread it evenly over the crumbs, you're going to put it in a 350 degree oven for about 30 minutes, and then to finish we're going to garnish it with some candied orange slices, it's going to look beautiful. Simple as that, throw it in the oven, I'm gonna get this area cleaned up, and when we come back, we're gonna make some bagels and lox. So we're back and we're gonna make our bagels and lox. The first step in this whole process is to cure our own salmon. And I don't think a lot of people do that, but it's kind of easy to do, and you can do it a lot of different ways. So we have our salmon filet. We are actually going to combine our toppings to the salmon, if you will. This is all part of the curing process. We have some lemon zest. We have sugar, lots of sugar. I know it looks like a lot, but you're not going to eat this with your bagel and lox. You're going to take it off once it's cured. That was salt, one cup of salt. We have some pink peppercorns. We're going to use juniper berries, which is really common in curing um, fish. And we're going to, we ground them up. I just wanted you to see what they look like. So we throw those in as well. And then we have some dried thyme. So we're going to mix all of that together. And this is what's going to go on top of our salmon filet. It's going to cure the salmon for us. Okay, so the next step is we're going to take some of this apple hard apple cider. Or you can use apple cider if you're like me and you're pregnant. Um, A lot of people use uh, alcohol. It's really common to see like, you know, Mexican-inspired margarita-type salmons. I use that a lot with tequila. Um, You can use gin. You can use vodka. um, Whatever you really want. So put that on, and then we're going to layer it with our seasoning mixture. Really pack it on there and cover all of the fish, just like that. And then you're going to wrap it with plastic wrap. It's doing what it's supposed to do, it's sticking. All right, make sure you cover it all. I missed a couple spots here. It smells so good. You really smell that lemon. All right, so the next step, again, is to wrap it with plastic wrap. It's very sticky. Okay, as tightly as you can. Seal it up all nice, just like that, nice little package, and you leave it on a tray. You can weight it down with something, and you throw it in a um, refrigerator overnight, 24 hours, preferably longer, that's fine too. So when this baby's done in 24 hours, it tastes great, you can taste all those different flavors of the juniper berries, the peppercorns, the lemon zest, put it on a bagel. All right, I'm gonna throw this in the refrigerator overnight. We have one made already, so you don't have to wait for it. I'm gonna get this area cleaned up, and when we come back, I'm gonna make the cream cheese that's gonna go with this delicious salmon and bagels. Okay, so we're back and we're ready to create this delicious cream cheese. Let's pretend my salmon is ready, but I did a recipe the night before, so we're gonna be ready to roll. Okay, so the first thing that's gonna go into it is obviously cream cheese, right? You can't have bagels and lox without cream cheese. Bagels are kind of interesting. They're kind of mysterious where they came from, or at least bagels and lox, because the bagels actually can be dated back to a bread that was actually found on the old Silk Road in China. And the lox is curing curing fish is very Scandinavian. And the cream cheese is British. So it's definitely a melding of cultures, melding of flavors. But that's kind of what New York is, right? New York has a little bit of everything. Different people, different cuisines, and that's what makes New York City so special, so. This dish is very appropriate for New York City. So you just mix that together, and then I'm gonna add a bunch of different things. I'm gonna add garlic, some minced garlic. And I have some chives, fresh chives. I have some tarragon a little licorice flavor, some thyme, and then I'm going to add lemon zest again, just because I cured the salmon in the lemon zest, so we want that flavor in there as well. A little salt, and a little pepper. Mix that all together. And this is going to be our spread for our bagels and luck. Alright, so, let's get this cleaned up real fast, out of my way, so I can show you how to assemble this baby, Get that over there. We obviously have our bagels, our New York City bagels, bought in New York City this morning. We have our salmon that we have already sliced, you want to thinly slice it, so it can lay pretty on your bagel, just thinly slice it like so and we are going to top it with apples. Because guess what? New York City is called the Big Apple, so we're gonna add apples to the recipe. So all you do, very simple, I'm sure you guys can figure this out at home, but I'll show you anyway. Okay, just put it on. I like a lot of cream cheese. I'm gonna add a lot of cream cheese. You can also do lots of different things to your cream cheese, right? You can make veggie cream cheese, you can make it, people make it with fruit, um, whatever, put whatever you want in there, whatever kinds of spices and seasonings you like. I was just trying to marry together the salmon and the cream cheese, kind of using the same types of ingredients. Um, so the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna add the salmon on top, and I like a lot of salmon too. All right. A lot of people in New York City, when you, Think of the bagel and lox sandwich, you think of capers and onions and cream cheese. That's also a very good way to eat it. All right, and then a little apple. Freshen it up a little bit. Add a little sweetness, right? Just like that. Well, you know what? We should probably add some cream cheese to the other side too, why not? We'll do a thinner layer this time. There we go. There you go. Beautiful, right? All right, I'm going to give this a try. Mm. So good. Mm. I'm probably a mess, but I don't even care, because it's that delicious. You can really taste the lemon, the thyme, the tarragon. The tarragon was really good in there and that crispness of the apple, all blends really, really well together. Well, I'm going to finish this bagel because it's that good. I'm going to get this area cleaned up and when we come back we're going to make New York City's Waldorf salad. So this next dish I'm especially excited about because I actually grew up eating Waldorf salad. My grandmother always made it the classic way with apples and celery and sometimes grapes, that's not really the classic way, but um, with iceberg lettuce and mayo. I'm not gonna do it that way today. I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. I'm actually going to start with the dressing, which I'm calling a walnut cream, and I'm gonna use Greek yogurt. Gonna make it a little lighter than using mayo, and in my opinion, a little tastier. So we have Greek yogurt. We're gonna use some fresh ginger. Some lemon zest again, you would think that lemons grew in New York, but I just like lemon zest, they don't. Next we have walnuts, and I left them kind of chunky, but you can, you know, chop them up more if you like. We have some apple cider vinegar, a little EVOO olive oil, and some honey to sweeten it up. Alright, we're just going to mix all of it together. And this is going to be our dressing for our Wardorf salad. So the Wardorf salad was actually invented at the Wardorf Astoria Hotel in New York City. People might think it was invented by a chef, but it was not. It was actually invented by the maitre d' who worked there. And it just became so popular that people just kept coming back asking for the Wardorf salad. So it's kind of stuck. And it's kind of funny, it actually, I always thought of it as being a Southern thing because we ate it so much in the South, but it's from New York City. Wardorf Astoria Hotel, very iconic New York. So the next thing I added were some grapes, and we just sliced them in half. You don't have to, but honestly, just makes it look prettier. More bite-sized. We have some apples. Again, the big apple episode. I'm going to add some apples. We have some celery. You just cut in little strips. Mix that all together. I put some arugula too in mine just because I think one, it makes it look prettier, but two, it kind of adds another layer of flavor. You get that peppery, bitter arugula, which is kind of good with all the sweet fruits we got going on. And then you just top it with the walnut cream. Just mix it in together. Okay, it's all mixed in there together. It makes a really beautiful presentation. This is also something that was always at every potluck I ever went to when I was growing up in the South. It's easy, it's, you know, simple, and people love it. Okay. All right, I'm going to clean this up so I can show you what this looks like and give it a taste. And I almost forgot that we top it. When you cut your celery, don't get rid of those celery leaves. There's actually a lot of flavor in those celery leaves. Wow, I really must be hungry. Oh, wow. Um, They have a lot of flavor, so you you can use them as garnish. And they're pretty. Which is always nice. All right. Make sure you get everything in there. Get your apples and that walnut cream. Arugula, grapes, celery, and that lemon. I really taste that lemon. It's just fresh. It's light, especially if you don't make it the old school way with the mayo, make it with the Greek yogurt. It's just a light, nice, light lunch, brunch dish. And again, something that was created here in New York City. So next up, we're going to make my famous Green Bloody Mary mix. Not totally traditional New York City Bloody Mary, but definitely just as delicious. So now we're gonna make my signature green wasabi Bloody Mary. Bloody Marys, again, are, they're credited with New York, but they are not from New York and they are from New York. Um, the original Bloody Mary actually was made in Paris at the New York bar, that's what it was called. It was actually where Ernest Hemingway liked to go, and he was a big fan of Bloody Marys. And then later on, it came to New York. And I think it was first served at Harry's Bar, which is also an old New York City bar. So the next thing we're gonna do is we're going to take our tomatillos, which are green tomatoes. And we're going to make, this is our base. um, Instead of the traditional red tomatoes that you would use in a Bloody Mary, we're gonna use green ones. It's got a little different spin on the classic Bloody Mary mix. I'm gonna throw them into a blender. Make sure you get the core out of them. Just chop them up. Take that out. You don't need that part. blender. One, one more. Okay. And then the next thing we're going to add our English cucumbers. Obviously, this is going to make it green, right? And cucumbers were not originally in the Bloody Mary mix, but I kind of, kind of like those in there, so we're going to do that. And then we're going to add a little water. OK, we're just going to blend it all together. The next thing we need, right, is spice. Lots of spice in Bloody Marys normally, or at least that's how I like it. Um, We're gonna make our own spice mix instead of buying that already pre-made bottled stuff. You can make your own at home. We're gonna take some celery salt, some ground mustard, some ground pepper, wasabi powder, is where it gets a little heat, but makes it so delicious and some smoked paprika. You just kind of mix it together with your hands. It's fine. So people also have a lot of different theories about where the name Bloody Mary came from. The one that I find the most interesting is actually kind of a bloody story, for lack of a better word. Um, people say it's named after the Queen of England, who basically went after the Protestant people. I'll let you guys imagine what she did to them but so it's named after her, Bloody Mary. I'll let you read between the lines. Okay, the next thing that's gonna go in is some Worcestershire sauce, some ginger. Kinda got a lot of... Actually, we got a lot of different cultures going into this this, uh, mixer here. We've got some tomatillos, which are kind of traditionally more Hispanic, and we've got some Asian flavors. Of course, we got New York City flavors because it's a Bloody Mary. Add some spice, depending on how spicy you like it. Again, I like it spicy, so you can always add more later. Blend it one more time. Oh my gosh, I forgot the most important ingredient, the vodka, right? So two ounces of vodka or more. Again, depending on how you roll. Okay, so let's blend it up one more time. OK, that's it for that. OK, now what's left? Serve it up, right? So just water out. We don't need that anymore, do we? Because we've got the Bloody mary. Pour it into a glass. It's pretty, right? Green. And then I like it with a little lime. Squeeze lime juice in there and garnish it with the lime. People get really fancy with their garnishes seen a lot of Bloody Marys in the city recently that have like a piece of candy bacon or jalapeno or something like that in it. Kind of like it's simply just like it is. And another thing people like to drink Bloody Marys for are hangovers, right? It's known as the hangover drink. So I guess, I don't know if I really follow that theory of thought, but I guess the veggies could help settle your stomach, the salt could replenish your electrolytes, and the alcohol could ease your pains. I don't know, but people like it as a hangover drink as well. So normally I would take a sip of this, but since everyone knows I'm pregnant now, I can't, but it's killing me right now that I should take a sip of this. But I can dig into that cheesecake, so let's go check out what's going on with that. So our cheesecake is out of the oven and it looks absolutely delicious. You can see we garnished it with some candied oranges, and candied oranges is really simple. You really just slice them thin. You put just a little bit of water and a lot of sugar, and they really go well with the goat cheese, you know, you, mirroring that orange flavor that we already put in the cheesecake with the orange zest. It cuts through the fat of the, um, the goat cheese. It's, it's, it's awesome. OK, so let's cut into this baby. Hopefully it'll actually work. Okay. Mm, so good and we're gonna pair this with two options, right? So this whole show's been kind of brunchish with the, the bagels and the lox and the salad, and of course the Bloody is very brunch-like, so I guess we have three drink options for you this episode. Um, but I like to do it with a sangria spritzer, if you will. So you just take some sangria and some seltzer water simple as that? One option. And the next option would be, you know, some sparkling white wines, always delicious with a brunch meal. And of course, you all need to try my green wasabi, Bloody Mary, goes great with your New York City brunch. So let's try this cheesecake. I like to top it also with a little creme fraiche, maybe a mint leaf if you want, make it look even prettier. Mm. I'm sorry, I think my cheesecake's better than New York City-style cheesecake. You can taste that mascarpone cheese, the goat cheese, the orange, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed my tour through the Big Apple. Thank you for joining me on The Story of Cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas, and just remember, behind every story is a great recipe.